Welcome to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast, brought to you by Worship Catalyst. Worship Catalyst is a nonprofit ministry built to help people find and worship Jesus by mentoring and training worship leaders and their teams. This podcast is part of that mission. In the next few minutes, it is our goal to help you do more with less. For more information and resources or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com. We're so glad you're here today. Let's learn together. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Worship Leader Essentials Podcast. Austin Ryan here, uh, ready to talk about something that uh, is becoming increasingly um, needed, and that is worship leaders to lead in small environments. Now, let me talk about this for just a minute, because I think a lot of times when we think about worship leading, you know, we think about standing on a stage at a church, which certainly in the United States is the primary location of leading worship, of course. And maybe we think about it with a you know a few instrumentalists with us uh, playing whatever instruments, and we think about a few singers or a choir or you know whatever style of church it might be, singing old songs, new songs, whatever it is, talking between those songs, that sort of thing, and you know leading worship. And yet, church sizes on average are decreasing a bit, and. Not only that, there has been over, you know, a couple of decades or more, a real push to get small groups to meet in homes rather than simply meeting uh, and Sunday school classes at church. But in addition to that, there's also a rapid movement, certainly not like it is overseas in China and India and a lot of other countries, but there's a faster movement towards house church planting than ever before. Small communities of 10, 15, 20, 25 people that are, you know, rapidly evangelizing their neighborhoods and trying to multiply and all that kind of stuff. And so you might see a movement where in a, in a larger legacy type church, you've got uh, a church that multiplies itself every two or three years to a place where a, a house church might multiply itself two or three times per year or more. And that's great, except that it kind of puts us in a situation where in every home where we have a church, and it's multiplying quickly, that there is a need for someone to lead some songs, to lead a moment of worship, a moment of praise to God. And so this takes on a lot of forms, and it could be that maybe there's somebody that knows how to play an instrument, maybe they play a keyboard, or they play a guitar or something, or and sing a little bit, and they can lead a few songs, or it could be that they don't play an instrument, but they can sing, and they you know, pull in some videos of songs uh, online, like a place like housechurchhub.com or just YouTube or whatever it might be with, you know, someone singing or a band singing and they kind of play it and sing along and lead people through a song or two. But this idea of either way, it doesn't matter whether it's, you know, whether it's you're singing along with something else or singing a cappella or in some cultures where they have to whisper worship songs uh, because they'll get arrested if they are singing worship songs out loud, or if you're playing an instrument and leading kind of in a more traditional way, but in a small setting like a home or apartment or a clubhouse or something like that, there are some principles that emerge out of this. And I wanted to go through some of those today. I've been leading a house church worship environment now for a year and a half, maybe, and learning as we go. And I feel like this podcast is kind of a living document because I believe that it will change and morph over time as I continue to learn some things. So here's what I want to share. I want to share a few things that I've been learning as a worship leader in a small environment. Now, this is a house church. Yours might be a small group or just a group of friends getting together to sing songs uh, and praise God in, in addition to reading His Word or whatever it might be. So 
uh, these will probably change over time, and we'll certainly add some things to it. And you know, these uh, we'll do more podcasts on this in the future. But check this out. I'm going to split this into three categories. The first one is philosophical thoughts on this. A second one is planning. You should go about planning a, a service for a for a house church or a small environment. And then the third is in the moment of leading. What do you do differently? Now, by the way, some there are such a thing as churches that you know have like more traditional legacy feeling environments that are actually small. And they could actually treat, you could treat the worship leading environment like this, okay? Uh, so just kind of imagine yourself in a small room of some sort, a living room, or maybe an apartment, you know, clubhouse, or whatever it might be, and we're going to lead worship. So let's think about this in these three areas. Number one, philosophically. Number one, in underneath philosophically is, don't worry so much about standing or sitting. <laughs> That's one thing I've been noticing is, it feels weird for people to stand sometimes in a group where there's, you know, 15 people or something like that, especially if they're sitting on couches and they're sitting in a, you know, a kitchen kitchen tables or they're sitting in on the floor or whatever it might be to then, okay, uh, hey, let's all stand up. It's time for us to sing now. We stand up like a normal, you know, like a normal church or something like that. You know, some people may not want to do that and that's okay. I just want to give you the freedom to, it may be okay for you to sit as a leader and just to kind of lead through some songs. However, I will say this. Uh, we've done it both ways. We've done some standing and some sitting. And I think uh, over time, we have figured out that uh, standing provides more energy and more movement, and people sing louder and better, and it kind of gets people a little bit more connected to the songs by standing. I don't know if that's across-the-board phenomenon for everywhere, but for our house church, that seems to be the way it feels. But don't stress out. You know, this isn't a—you just got to think differently than uh, than— the church experiences maybe you've had before. Secondly, don't sweat the small stuff. Like kids running around, don't freak out if a kid runs around or if a mom has to go grab or dad has to go grab some crying kid from the next room or something like that or somebody messes up the words on the TV screen because you've got, you know, you've got like a seven-year-old over there hitting the buttons, uh, whatever it might be, or a video that doesn't fire, you know, if you're playing some videos and singing along with them. Here's what I want to tell you about this. The people that are coming to this small environment are not looking for polished big church. They're just not. They're okay with the authenticity of mistakes. They're okay with the authenticity of kids running around. They're there for a different reason. Either they're new to the faith and they don't really know what church feels like anyway, and so it's not like they're bringing in their preconceived notions. Hopefully that's the case. Or they're there because they're looking for something different, a different kind of experience. You know, they've been to church, they've done the whole, you know, large thing, but they want something that's more intimate and and connected, and they want something that's authentic and something that they can feel. So don't try to just replicate a big church experience in a tiny little living space. It's different. So embrace the difference of that. Don't sweat the little things that might go wrong. Okay, the third thing in philosophical is, is uh, don't focus on crazy technology. <laughs> it's okay if you have PowerPoint or, you know, some other free like word thing that you can just put the words on the screen and kind of move them along. If you're running videos uh, with words on them, that's awesome. Have those available. If you have a TV, you can put those on. That's great. You know, if, if you don't have any of that and you just have a song sheet of some sort with some words, or if you want to like get your list of songs down so low that uh, everybody kind of knows all the words, that's okay. Just make it simple. Don't worry about, you know, trying to make everything look just right. Don't spend hours on presentation software learning and all those kinds of things. Just fight the urge to turn it into a show because it's not that. Do whatever people need to connect with God. 
in the best way that you can possibly do it. But but um, just realize technology, like over-focusing on technology is not necessary in this setting. The fourth thing under ph- philosophical thinking is building community with the people in the church is more important, even more important. Now, it's it's important anyway. In any kind of church, in any kind of setting, like building co- uh, community with the people in the congregation is so important. And them building community among themselves is incredibly important for a ton of reasons that we could talk about for an hour that we won't, because that's not what this podcast is about. But in a room where it's just you and a few people, and you're all there and and uh, you want them to sing out loud and really engage and connect to the moment that you have going on there, let me tell you, it's going to be really important that people in the room trust each other and that they trust you because it's not normal, okay? It's like people are kind of used to going into big rooms like a church and singing songs, okay? But going into someone's home and singing songs to God, it's just going to be weird. And I'm going to talk about that weirdness here in just a minute. But um, spend time in community, not just as a spiritual leader in community, but I mean like as a friend, as a co-laborer on this mission that you guys are on, uh, reaching people for Christ. Connect with people outside of the church, you know, outside of your weekly gathering or monthly gathering or whatever you do in your in your home or wherever it is that you meet in that small venue. Like, connect with people, know them, know their families, connect with them on a personal level, and uh, then your experiences of singing songs to God will be stronger and stronger. That's a principle for a legacy church as well, but I just wanted to put that out there. All right, let's talk about your planning a little bit. Now, you're planning a worship set of some sort for your small venue, connection point, your house church, small group, whatever. Here's the first thing. Choose familiar songs as much as possible, okay? This is the same for church, maybe, also, but like... People are going to sing what they know. Don't introduce a bunch of new songs. Like, you know, hey, I heard this great song this week. I heard four great new songs this week. Let's do them all this week at House Church. No, don't do that. Like, make it as simple as possible, as familiar as possible. The songs that the people in the in the in your small congregation connect to the most. Just like in a big church, but it's even more important. Choose familiar songs as much as possible. As you have new songs that you want to introduce, then send out playlists before to the to the group. So, hey, we're going to be singing these four new songs over the next two or three months, and so I just want to send them to you, and you guys can be listening to them as you drive to work or drive around, whatever you do. That will help them in that moment, because people honestly sing better when they know a song. You know this as a leader. If they know a song better, they sing it better. And so, um, and you're not going to get a ton of repetitions, because you're not going to sing probably as many songs, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, the third thing is don't worry in your planning. Don't worry as much about the flow of singing to teaching, teaching to singing, and all that kind of stuff. Don't make it more weird than it already is. It's not the same as in a big church service where you're playing, you know, really softly maybe while someone's praying and someone else is moving to get into place and you've got all this stuff going on, all these moving things and you can say the exact right thing at this moment and it's like, oh, real quiet and, you know, just like this incredible moment that you produce with your words and your tone and all this kind of stuff. It's good to think about transitions, but you need to resist the urge. Like I have learned in my experience of this because I've only led legacy worship my whole life, and then all of a sudden I'm in this small house environment, and I realize that transitions are important, but I don't need to make them overemphasized like sometimes we do in a larger church setting where we have tons of things going on. And in fact, you might have a situation where there's kids moving in and out. You know, it could be like a lot of times we'll sing a few, sing some songs, and there's you know 
kids all in there because we want them to be a part of that part sometimes. And then we send them off into another room. And there's like this transition moment where the parents are getting up and, you know, their moms or dads or whatever are taking their kids into this other room. And it's just kind of weird for a minute. And then we kind of chat for a while. And then finally we start the Bible study when things settle down and stuff. And that's totally okay. Just relax the flow a little bit, but learn the rhythms that help your crowd the most. You know, we we move singing around to various parts uh, of our time together. You know, it's just like in a church service when we plan things. It's like we do sometimes, we do some music before or after or in the middle or whatever it might be uh, to really enhance whatever it is that God is saying for that particular service or that particular moment. So, like, don't get stuck into routines and ruts just like in church, but, but really um, relax a little bit that idea of having to control every minute of the time. It's just not going to be that clean, trust me. In fact, sometimes uh, we do still like to pick songs that kind of connect to the thing that we're talking about, but sometimes songs connect to the mission, because when you get into a smaller environment, you have a little bit more of an expectation of the people in the congregation, your small congregation, that every single person is going to be on mission. Like, every person is reaching people at work or at home, or they're reaching people with the gospel on their street or wherever it might be, and uh, it's just really important that as we are focusing on the mission that we may want to sing songs about that mission. Like we may want to focus our singing and our time of praise to God and our time of commitment to God on mission rather than maybe even on the Bible thing that we're talking about for that day. So like just remember, you've got a lot of freedom in this. You've got a lot of freedom. Just like stop thinking production and start thinking connection. You know, that's maybe a a good sticky point. Okay, another thing under planning is what you say is really important man, between songs or before songs or whatever, or middle of songs, how you say it is important too. Now, this goes for you, whether you're playing an instrument or leading in a tradi- in like a traditional sense like that, or if you're playing something on the TV and you're all just singing together, it's the same concept. There's no difference uh, from Legacy Church either. Like, it's really important what we say as worship leaders and how we say it. But in a house church or small environment, it needs to be even more conversation, conversational and intimate. So don't throw out random Christian phrases. Like, you know, it's, it's not good. It's not necessary. Like, uh, we, as we come into this place tonight, you know, it's not, that's not necessary. It's just weird. It's, it's like a group of friends. We're connected. Or let us come before him with thanksgiving. Instead, just look at the people that are gathered there, and, and they're all there together to worship King Jesus and tell them what you're going to do. And, like, look at them and talk to them. Like, we're going to sing some songs together tonight. And this first one's about the grace that Jesus offers us. Do you, um, do you need grace today? You? Hey, uh, Jenny, do you need grace? John, do you need grace? Yeah, I bet you do. Well, why don't we take a minute, let's just close our eyes, and why don't we all do that? I'm going to do that. You do that with me, and why don't we just pray, and let's, add, let's just think about how do we need the grace of God today? How do you need the grace of God today? And then let's sing the song. So just give me a minute to do that. And what that does is it kind of like, it separates this concept of presentation where we're like thinking about like, we're leading a hundred people or 10,000 people to this little deal where it's just a few of us and we're going to talk to them. We're not presenting to them, we're talking to them. These are your friends. It's a small group. Don't overlead. But also don't just sing the songs. We still need to be worship leaders, not just worship pointers, right? We're still leading them. We have to talk. So last thing on planning how much music? You know, Legacy Church, a lot of times, is 20, 25 minutes, 35, 40 minutes, whatever it might be. I would say start out with one or two songs, 10 minutes maybe, maybe three songs if you add a tag or something like that. You need to experiment with this in your deal. In our, in our house church, we usually do 
a couple of songs. Maybe we add a little bit of a third song or something, 10 or 12 minutes. Um, every now and then, we could probably get away with 15 minutes or something like that, or maybe 20. We could probably do a whole night like that because we've been doing this for a while. But d- don't walk into a, a small venue church setting and go, all right, we got to do four, four or five songs in 20 minutes and 25 minutes and all this kind of stuff. Just start small. Sing a song. You know, learn the rhythm. Learn what it feels like to sing a song or two uh, in your congregation first. So that's the last thing on planning. All right, last section. We talked about philosophy. We talked about planning. And now we're going to talk about in the moment of actually leading these songs, okay? The first thing I would say, the first two things kind of go together. And the first one is acknowledge that it's different. So like the first time, <laughs> the first time that we were going to, you know, fi- we had been meeting together for a while, you know, studying the Bible and talking about mission and stuff. But then we're like, okay, we're going to sing songs. And I just, you know, kind of stood there with a guitar and I was like, hey, guys, this is weird. Maybe this is going to feel a little bit different. This isn't like going to be anything we probably ever experienced before. And then the second thing is, and it's what I did, is explain what you're doing. You know, and I just said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a couple of songs, and here's why. And I just went through a few reasons, kind of a little bit of a doctrine of worship and praise to God and what we're, why we're doing this and why we would do it in a home and all that kind of stuff. So just acknowledge all of that. Don't try to replicate church. Just acknowledge the difference of what this is, okay? The third thing is to shorten repeats and bridges. Uh, you don't have to do the chorus five times. You don't have to do the bridge 12 times. You don't, you know, you're not going to be able to build it anyway, you know, with like less instruments. So just keep the eight minute songs down to four minutes, you know, radio version of everything, you know, unless there's this one part that the spirit is really jumping on or something, keep it simple, you know, keep those repeats down. It's not going to be the same as, you know, when you're adding the drum fills and they're banging on them and the electric guitar starting to crank and now we're adding this and four voices and all of a sudden the choir kicks in. You know, you're not going to get that. <laughs> it's you and a guitar or a keys or whatever. So just keep it simple. Build what you can, but keep it shorter. The fourth one is don't have a full band. So we have a general rule, even in Legacy Church, that you basically have one instrument per 20 people. So if you've got 20 people in your church or less, just have a one instrument, you know, whatever it might be that leads, piano, guitar, whatever it is. And then when you get up past 20, add a second up to maybe 40 people, something like that, and kind of go on and on and on. So if, I think in a house church, I think what we've learned is that uh, 10 or 15, maybe 12, 15 people is kind of a critical mass. And so that's, I think, where you could add that second instrument, maybe that keyboard, maybe that cajon. Cajon is so great in a home setting. If you have someone that can learn how to keep some rhythm on that, that'd be great. But guitar, keys, you know, just remember, like, never probably get past three instruments, I would say, you know. Uh, two is probably all you're going to really need. It gets weird when there's more people playing and singing than there are people actually singing in the crowd. So just remember that, okay? Don't, your, our goal here is not full band. If it is, if we get that point, that's great. Just, uh, you know, make yourself available to other churches at that point who are like legacy stage-type churches where you can go and fill in and help out that sort of thing. But probably in your home, it's just going to feel weird. Uh, the next one is sing loudly uh, if you're the leader. And also use amplification. We've tried this both ways. We've tried it with amplification, without amplification. And I asked around. We tried it a couple of times. I was like, hey, guys, I'm just going to experiment. You know, talk to them, right? I'm just going to experiment using a little speaker over here. And I plugged my guitar and microphone in here. And so just want to see if we like this or not. So I did it a couple of times and I asked around. I asked every single person, hey, what do you? if this were a vote, amplification, no amplification. And 100% of the people are like, no, we like it louder. That's better. It helps us sing better and stuff like that. We sing more. So um, add that. Amplification's great. A second vocalist is really great too. If you have a second uh, microphone, you can plug into something or even not. Just get like a, another, a second person who can sing harmonies to stand with you and sing. So great. 
All right, the next one is a little bit different. This is the last one, and that is to face the words a lot. Wherever you have the words, face those a lot. Okay, so for us, we have people that are kind of seated, I don't know, not all facing forward, but they're facing in, and we got chairs kind of all directions, and there's kind of multiple rows because people are sitting at this table behind in most houses where we are and stuff. And But then we have this TV that's in the middle of the room, and it's we have words on there. And so I kind of stand over to one of the sides, and I kind of face halfway to the TV and halfway to the people, and I'm just kind of like one of them looking at the words a lot and singing. And then I kind of swing around, and I look at them some, and I look up at God some, and close my eyes occasionally. You know, I'm singing a song to God. I want to kind of like connect connect in with him really tight but then I'm you know I'm kind of with them more than I'm more than I'm in front of them. So I think a lot of times we think we got to be in front because that's the way the stage is in a church, but that's not the way it really plays out so much in in a house church. It's not important. It's important to kind of be with rather than in front of, rather than above, okay? But don't forget you are leading. And so talking is important, you know, saying things to connect people to God and to connect people to the lyrics and all of that is so important, and we've got other podcasts on that. I think that's it. Oh, one last thing on looking into people's eyes. So I know that uh, it's great when we're standing in front of, you know, 100 people or 50 people or 500 people to kind of look around and catch people's eyes and stuff. Yeah, we're like looking and singing and catching their eyes. That's a little more, (laughs) a little weird with 10 people, okay? It doesn't mean we don't do it, but that's another reason to kind of like, you know, look in other places, not only just you know, making the rounds of those 10 or 15 people and staring at them the whole time. That can get a little weird. So anyway, there you go. As you lead worship in small groups or in house churches or in apartment buildings or wherever it might be, there's some ideas on uh, how to lead philosophically and the planning of it and then in the moment of leading itself. So hopefully that's useful for you. Like I said, we will probably add to this list as time goes on as we continue to learn. But uh, God bless you guys and have an awesome week. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Worship Leader Essentials podcast. We'll be back soon with another helpful episode. For more information and resources, or to connect with us, please visit worshipcatalyst.com.